What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Nurse-ish Podcast. This is your host, Tayana, and I have my girl, Kaylin, co-hosting with me. Hey, guys. So before we get started, we just ask that everyone like, subscribe, and share our podcast. Matters discussed on this podcast have no reflection or association with the institutions that we've worked for or currently work for. With that said, let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the Nurses Podcast. Today we will be on episode five. Sorry that we took a long little break, but we're back in action, giving you guys some good content with this episode. And this episode is titled COVID-19 PPE Education. So during this episode, we'll just be talking about the different types of PPEs, and then we'll get into focusing on gloves and masks and the different type of diseases that protects that gets protected with each mask. Um, so let's get started. Okay. So first we'll talk about um, what exactly is PPE and what do those acronyms even stand for, which most people don't know unless you're obviously in the healthcare field, but PPE stands for protective, personal protective equipment. Yes. So within this air is, there's goggles, goggles that you put on your face, and that helps protect you against, like, fluid and blood and all that stuff that can get on you. Um, you have masks, of course. You have your gloves. You have gowns. And then you even have, like, face shields, too, that can go over your goggles. Mm-hmm. There's um, actually so much more when you think about it. You can get shoe coverings, also, yeah, like, coverings. Um, yeah. hair coverings as well. Um, so PPE basically is almost anything um, you can think of that will um, protect you from a possible like disease or, um, you know, some things that transmit it through like fluid. And I think you've seen as well um, on like TV, a lot of people, they have like the hazmat suits on as well. So yeah. that will be considered to be like PPE as well. Yeah, those are like the real deal. Mm-hmm. Like, That's what we need. That's what everybody needs to be walking around at this point. <laughs> So what we've been seeing, and I'm pretty sure everyone on social media has been seeing, but I think it really like infuriates healthcare providers and people in the medical field the most because, you know, we understand that people that are not in the healthcare field, they really don't know much about like gloves and masks and cross-contamination and things like that. But when we see these things out in the grocery stores and out just in people's cars and stuff and the way that everyone in America is handling these masks and gloves like even posts on Instagram like it's so not right yeah it shows so much lack of knowledge and I just wish that a lot of people would just just self-educate yourself especially during a time like this you don't have much else to do but just be on your phone you're on your phone anyway just google like okay what is this mask going to protect me against but that's why we're here now to educate you guys and also you can't believe everything that's on social media because i've been seeing so many different charts and diagrams and i'm not gonna lie the diagrams and charts they look nice i mean it almost looks believable they'll put like the little sign the cdc in the side (laughs) they'll make it look really realistic (laughs) but it's not true um i've been trying to stay patient and you know if i can educate people on it just because we went to school to learn this so it's nothing that you know you just wake up in the morning you're like oh i know for a fact that this mask is for this or my gloves are for this but um like caitlin said it's just 
um, this episode will mainly be used to just help educate people for the people who don't, who truly don't know and they want to do things the right way just to prevent um, possibly catching the um, COVID-19 or catching something else. Mm-hmm. So you want to start with the gloves? Yes. So I think you were just starting to say this. So what we've been seeing, and I'm sure you guys have been seeing as well, um, there's been a lot of cross-contamination with glove use. I think a lot of people, you know, when you think of gloves, you automatically think that, oh, this is going to protect my actual hands. Like once I take the gloves off, I'm fine. But what Mm -hmm. we're seeing with a lot of people, they're putting the gloves on and then they're going to the grocery store and they're touching everything. They're going to the gas station and they're touching the pump. And then with the same gloves that are already contaminated, like once you put your hands on something and whether you can see that it's contaminated or not, because most particles you can't really see on the gloves unless it's like blood or some type of liquid. Um, you can't see that your hands are contaminated and that there's nothing but germs and bacteria on your gloves now at this point. Um, but a lot of people, they're going into their pocket, you know, they're digging in their pocket and they're getting on, on their phone. They're touching their phone. They're using that same glove that they were just, you know, they were just inside of the grocery store with or that they just touched the um, gas pump with, you know, they're going into their car and they're touching the steering wheel they're touching the radio they're touching their keys and then you know you're taking your gloves off and you're touching these same things without decontaminating or without cleaning the same things that you touch with your dirty gloves which means that you're cross-contaminating everything so that means that you wearing those gloves and your hands getting sweaty because I know your hands be sweaty (laughs) after wearing them for hours that means that literally those germs that were on your gloves are now on your hands. And when you walk into the house, I'm I'm hoping that you guys are washing your hands. But if you're not, literally, you're contaminating everything. So you wearing uh-huh. the gloves literally makes no sense. And it's actually a waste. Absolutely. Yeah. I think what annoys. One time I was in Whole Foods. And <laughs> this one, this girl's, you know, people in Whole Foods, you know what type of population that is. And yeah. Swears they know everything. <laughs> So this lady, she's acting like she don't even want to like touch the receipt. She don't want to touch nothing. Be an extra. <laughs> Be an extra. So she pulls a glove out to type in her passcode for her credit card. Girl pulls the glove out of her pocket, uses, don't even put the glove on. She uses just a portion of it to use her finger, her index finger to put in her, her code for her credit card. And then puts the glove back in her pocket. And I was just like, so she's oh. just going to use it later. Huh? She is going to use it later. And I'm like, sis, like anything that was on there, whether it is a, the COVID-19 virus, whatever the hell is on that keypad that millions of people touch a day. It doesn't matter what was on there. She p- put the stuff on the glove and then put the glove in her pocket. So now your whole pocket is contaminated and anything else <laughs> that is in that pocket is contaminated. So it just defeats the purpose. So at this point, I think people should just stop fucking wearing gloves at this point (laughs) (laughs) and just wash your hands. Like you go to the grocery store, people are touching the, um, the cart, picking up their fruits with, (laughs) with, with their hands, picking up every single thing to put in a, touching the cash, their cash, touching Mm -hmm. the register, whatever, getting in their car, putting the stuff in, in the, like, it's just, it's just all so sickening. So I really think you should just carry some hand sanitizer, 60% alcohol or more, sanitize your hands, get your stuff. If you want, if you feel more comfortable when you get home, wiping everything down, 
That's way yeah, better than yeah. these dirty ass gloves everywhere you go. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people see unless you're literally in healthcare. But when we wear gloves and even sometimes when I'm in a patient's room, like if I am, you know, even starting the IV, like sometimes I might have to change my gloves several times throughout the process. If I touch yeah. certain, you know, different things or if yeah. I'm doing a dressing change, like it's just. You know, you you should you probably never see a nurse leave out of the room with the same gloves that she had on inside Ever. of the room. You, you will know be what I mean? Gloves at least two or three times. Like we literally change gloves so many times, and a lot of people don't realize that. But I think this is a good way to inform people. Like literally, um, in order for glove use to be effective, you would be changing it nonstop. Like you would have to carry a box around with you <laughs> all day. I'm what serious. What people are doing? Like literally changing your gloves nonstop if you were extremely serious about it um and I just think like during this time a lot of people and honestly the media might be the cause for this but a lot of people are just very anxious and you know you're hearing so many false things so people you want to protect yourself and I get that and sometimes I think glove might be a good start but if you don't realize that you're cross-contaminating then that really defeats the entire purpose so just try to be mindful and like Kaylin said you're better off honestly not wearing gloves keeping hand sanitizer with you if you're able to and if you don't have hand sanitizer don't freak out because people are going to the stores and you know freaking out because there's no more hand sanitizer you can literally use soap and water okay yeah. so soap and water works as exactly. well huh anything else on gloves i want to oh yeah and stop throwing them on i've been going to like target and stuff and you see hella gloves on the floor like throw them <laughs> really? away in the trash can guys like stop throwing gloves on the floor like we already have hella pollution in this world we don't need extra gloves now that this COVID stuff is going on I don't even think I've noticed that that's terrible (laughs) yeah it's very terrible okay but I think that's pretty much it that hits all of the topics at least for the glove aspect okay Um, so moving on to mask yep do you want um, to start with the airborne you want to start yeah so I guess um, if you want, you can start with the uh, the cloth mask because I think that's the one that Trump. I don't know if it was Trump or someone on his administration. Um, they recommended that when you go out into public now, they highly recommend for people to wear some type of mask. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna get into the different type of masks that are available. But to the average person, cloth masks will be available. Like I've seen so many people making them, and you say uh-huh. even your boyfriend he makes them. Give him a shout out real quick. <laughs> Um, so shout out free for sale. Um, go to com and get you some cloth masks yes. that are really good, they're really nice. Um, I've even tried like spraying stuff through it and nothing comes through, so I think that it's you know, they look like quality masks when I saw them. Yeah, good quality masks. Yeah, yeah. uses jean, very soft jean through it, so it's very, it's very durable. So, yeah, we can um, we talk about cloth masks. So, basically, like Ty was saying, with President Trump just recommending that anybody walking outside, which I just think that in this whole process, America has been so slow with everything. Like, yeah. in China and other countries, everyone, even babies, are out wearing masks, you know, everywhere <laughs> they go. And we're just now recommending this when we knew about this mm-hmm. disease in December of 2019. So, with cloth masks, I mean, it's a non-medical mask, obviously. You can make it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a physical barrier. It is a physical barrier because if you cough or anything, your stuff can stay within that mask. Right. And it just helps. It just, it, it overall helps. And it can be washed and it can be reused. 
Um, I wouldn't recommend drying it. I would just let it air dry because yeah, it can shrink from the right. Um, But yeah, so I think just a lot within America right now, the N95 mask, which is the mo- which is the most beneficial, which we'll talk about, and the surgical mask, there's a very, 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 very big shortage on them. So at this point, we don't need everyone stealing all the surgical <laughs> N95 masks. So at this point, every citizen, there's millions of people in America. If everyone just gets a cloth mask and wears that, that would be very beneficial. And a lot of people are asking, are cloth masks beneficial? Yes, they're beneficial. It's better than you just going out coughing and stuff midair. Right. And mid-air. on this um, and on this sheet here, it says that cloth masks, they protect others from um, respiratory emissions. So basically, it might not necessarily protect you 100% from breathing in, say something that might be airborne, um, Uh but it does protect, um, or I would say it's like a physical barrier um, for other people. So I would say it's more so when you wear your mask, it's more so helping other people than it is helping you. But if you think about it in this aspect, if everyone is wearing one, then it's helping everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's great. That's absolutely true. Uh, anything else about cloth masks? Nope, that's just the major one. And a lot of people I'm seeing are so creative and they're making them from home. So um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the most creative one. So I won't even say, oh, just get a sewing machine and sew it together yourself. <laughs> but um, yeah. there's so many tutorials like on YouTube. I'm seeing like mm-hmm. even if it is just a bandana, it's better. Like I'd rather you wear it something than to not wear nothing at this point Mm -hmm. and I will say that when I go to the grocery store now I am seeing a lot of people with masks like some people do the N95s and surgical masks but I'm seeing a lot of people with they're covering their face so that's I think that's a good step like I almost feel like I'm in like an Asian country or like I'm in China like literally when I go to the grocery store when I go to the gas station a lot of people are abiding by the suggestions from the president so I think that's a good step yep I agree okay all so, right. N95? Um, let's do the surgical mask next, because I guess okay. and the modes of which one is the best. So, you have the cloth right. mask first, and then we're going to move on to the surgical masks. Um, so, the um, surgical masks, they are um, fluid-resistant, and they provide protections against large droplets, sp- splashes, or sprays of bodily or other hazardous fluids and protects patients from wears respiratory emissions. So again, um, these surgical masks, they protect other people and they somewhat protect you as well. Not 100%, but again, it's better than not having anything on. Um and like it also said, it mainly protects against droplets. So typically for droplet precautions, um, actually, I have some information on droplet precautions. So hold on for one second. Let me pull it up. All right. So for the people who don't know, because I know a lot of this is like medical jargon. A lot of people keep hearing droplet and airborne and like, no, the COVID-19 is airborne. And there's been like a big debate whether COVID-19 is airborne or droplet. Um, but droplet transmission basically occurs when a person is in close contact. So typically you have to be within three feet to someone, um, who has respiratory symptoms, which typically include coughing or sneezing. Um, and 
if those droplets and sometimes you can see the droplets i don't know if you guys have ever seen someone sneeze or cough and you just be like oh oh hell no (laughs) sometimes you can see you can't see all of them but for the most part you can see some of them so those are the tiny like little droplets and they can absorb into you know you can breathe them in through your mouth and your nose and then they can also um absorb into your eyes as well which a lot of people did not know um that's why in the healthcare field they have us wearing goggles I don't think the average I don't think they're recommending the average person to go outside with goggles on um but I was girl (laughs) I didn't see so many people I'm like girl if you're gonna put them down the best thing is literally for you to keep some type of social distance so you shouldn't be standing three feet next to someone especially a stranger at that you don't need to be that close to people anyway but um surgical masks typically protect against droplet transmissions um and if you follow um different health pages and people who are in the medical field like i said there's been like a big debate on whether we think COVID 19 is droplet or um airborne um, and even hospitals, some hospitals, like I work at three different hospitals. And since we started, I guess since this started, I want to say like in the beginning of March, I've heard so many different things where the hospitals think that it's droplet and they're allowing their employees to go into patients who are COVID-19 positive with just a surgical mask on. Um, so I, of course, my opinion, I think that it's airborne, but we, we can get into that a little bit later. Um but yeah, so droplet transmission, you wear a surgical mask. And then some examples of droplets. Um, these are just different examples of disease processes. So meningitis, pertussis, the flu, which is like the influenza, um, strep, and rubella are some examples of um, droplet um, diseases. Great. That was a good explanation. All right. So now on to the big dog, Airborne. The big dog, (laughs) Airborne. So, like Ty was saying, there's a big debate on whether surgical or N95 is best, but we both agree that N95 mask is one of the greatest masks. And what a lot of people don't know is that with N95 masks, any hospital personnel that is wearing an N95, you have to get fitted for it. So during this test, it's about a 20-minute test, 15, 20-minute test, where you put this hat on, like this little clear kind of hat on, with the N95 mask size that you're getting tested for. And you can sit, and they spray this type of, it's like a sweet spray. Mm -hmm. And you have to, like, breathe and read out this whole sentence thing to see if you can taste any of the particles in your mouth. So a lot of the people that are not healthcare professionals that are out wearing these N95 masks, sometimes they're not even working because they're not even the proper fit. So it's very, very kind of confusing. But if you do have the proper one, N95 mask is one of the best masks because it filters out at least 95% of large and small airborne particles. So once we just quote it, it takes out these airborne particles and what airborne is, It is microbes in droplet nuclei transported by air over time or over a distance that is greater than three feet. So with airborne, like I can be standing in front of someone and just simply speaking. It doesn't even have to be a cough or a sneeze or any of that. I can just simply speak and that particle can trans can be transported in the air and land on someone else's like mouth, nose, whatever. 
So basically the airborne, they're really, really small particles inside of the droplet nuclei, which is basically kind of the same as the regular droplet with the um, cough and sneeze, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're, they're just extremely small. You can't, you can't see them. And it lingers in the air, I believe, up to a few hours as well. Which is the scariest part. Right. Because you can't, so, you don't know, you could just be walking into a room. <laughs> right. And just hella infected. Yep. So with the airborne, there's, what a lot of people don't know, like I have saw this one thing where it said that N95 protects like 90 or 80% bacterial, 95% viral. So with N95 mask, it protects airborne, and airborne can either be viral, bacterial, or fungi diseases. So it really, it doesn't matter if it's just straight viral. People think that it's just a virus, like no. So there is a disease called tuberculosis, which I'm pretty sure most people have heard of, and an N95 mask protects against tuberculosis no other mask does like a surgical mask would not protect you against tuberculosis and tuberculosis is a bacterial respiratory infection it's not even viral it has nothing to do with the virus it is bacterial and an n95 mask protects you against that and other um diseases examples that um an n95 protects you against that is airborne is chickenpox smallpox um, measles and SARS and influenza, depending on the type of strain and how it's transmitted. So I guess that it's a lot to take in. (laughs) (laughs) But basically what airborne is, there's small particles that can be in the air, they can travel long distances and airborne can either be viral, bacterial or fungi. And N95 mask protects you against these airborne diseases. Yes, and I think also what falls in a close category with the N95s, we've been seeing a lot of people with the N100s, 100 masks as well. So on these masks, not only do they have a filter, but they have the um, exhalation valve. So basically, it prevents the mask from being... um, I guess, affected by the dampness, like from your coughing or say if you, I guess when you just breathe, actually, it makes it very moist with, with inside of the actual mask. So there's a valve that, um, I guess, helps with that. So that's also an appropriate mask um, during these times as well. And those are the ones that have that square on the on outside the of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So those are good masks as well. But getting into this as well. So we've also been seeing a lot of people wear masks wrong. And I know a lot of people are like, how can you wear a mask wrong? <laughs> um, but it's it's a thing and it's actually happening. So the major thing is that the mask is supposed to cover both your nose and your mouth. So I've been seeing people leave out the house and they have the mask on, but it starts underneath their nose. Literally, you're still inhaling. Like, it's literally, at that point, is no point of you wearing a mask because you're still inhaling everything in the air if literally the mask is underneath your nose, okay? And the same. Like, you can't have it just cover your nose and then half of your mouth is out. (laughs) Um, And then also, a lot of masks, there's like a bridge. I know, especially for the N95 mask, the N100 and the um, surgical mask, there's a bridge at the top where the nose is. And you can actually bend it. Um, That way, it actually fits around your nose. Um, That way, it's actually somewhat protecting you. Um, If you don't have it bent to the shape of your nose, 
then you can still possibly breathe in all of the things that you're trying to prevent yourself from breathing in. So I just want people to keep that in mind as well. If anything, can you guys just please cover your nose and your mouth when you put your mask mm-hmm. on? That's all. <laughs> and also another, I even do this too, and it's a really bad habit. Nobody's perfect, I know. But so with the surgical mask, it's not good to have it on and then bring it down. Oh, Yeah. So you're like, you're literally just pulling it down underneath your chin. Cause at that point, when you're pulling it down, some type of microbes or whatever that is on that mask that is protecting you, you can potentially inhale it. So that's another thing that's not good to do. Don't pull the mask down. If you're, if you don't want to have it on and you want to breathe for a second, take it off that earlobe, one earlobe and bring it over across the side and, and keep it away from your mouth and nose. And that's smart. Cause I actually see a lot of people in the healthcare field um, doing that. Well, they actually put it, like, I've even done it before, where I pull it down underneath, like, my, um, <laughs> underneath my chin, mm-hmm. because I know I'm about to go back into another room. So, I think because we're told now to keep our masks, a lot of people are doing that. Like, we have to reuse our masks now in the hospitals. Um, so, a lot of people, they're pulling it down, like Kaylin said, and we're putting it underneath our chin, because we already know that, you know, once we um, finish doing what we're doing, we have to go back into the patient's room or we have to go back with the patient. So we're keeping it close by that way. We don't lose the one mask that we're given for the entire mm-hmm. shift. The <laughs> entire shift, y'all, we are given one mask. <laughs> <laughs> and when you think about it in comparison to the past, like um, when I deal with patients who are on different transmissions, literally every time I go into a room, I'm putting a different mask on. Um, when I leave out the room, I'm taking the mask off and I'm throwing it in the trash. So this has been a, a hard adjustment for a lot of of healthcare um, workers in general because everything we have been taught and everything we have went on for years, even I would say even back to uh, college when they teach you this in the beginning years, like literally everything has been thrown out of the window due to the shortage of um, PPE. Um, So It's really ridiculous. I guess this gets into, we're going to go into uh, basically how we've been affected and what we can tell you what's going on in the hospitals. Now, I think this is going to be a good, uh, just a good discussion, just because Kaylin, you work in Texas um, and I work here in Maryland and um, there are just a, a few changes mm-hmm. <laughs> between, between both of us. So how would you say um, your experience has been, I would say from March when everything started to get serious with the COVID-19? Yeah. I think in general, everything has been a shit show. (laughs) Honestly, like everything has just been crazy. Like, first of all, our huddles in the morning are like 15 minutes long when this all first started getting crazy. But as far as like the mask and stuff, um, until I think I feel like everyone really started noticing the shortage of masks. And so at first they would tell us, okay, you guys wear a mask. And then they would tell us, no, you guys, nobody can wear a mask unless you're with an actual COVID patient or a person under investigation for COVID. And then they say, yes, no, yes, no. So everything literally between even three days, everything literally changes. So at my hospital now, yes, we can wear masks, but only a surgical mask. And then if you're actually dealing with a COVID mom or even a mom, like a COVID mom that gives birth and that baby has to go into isolation, then you'll wear your whole PPE with the N95 mask and stuff. But other than that, everyone has to wear um, a surgical mask and they limited visitors now. So only one person can come up and see baby. And then if mom is giving birth, it only could be mom and then the husband or whoever she chooses that one person to be in the room with her while she gives birth. Um, 
and then what else? And then so at all our employee entrances, they're taking our temperatures, which is good. Uh, but a lot of the times I feel like that's not really beneficial because like they say, quote unquote, people can be asymptomatic or, you know, have it right. and don't show symptoms for that one time. So what if they come into work and they don't have a fever that day and then they come into work and they're infecting all these people when we weren't allowed to wear the mask and then they go home and then two days later they have they spike a fever. So at that point, I just feel like it's not really effective, but I'm glad they are doing something. And then all the visitors that come in, everyone gets their temperature taken. Oh, wow. Even and then, of course, okay. Of course, they're um, asked if they have any other symptoms. Okay. But that's how it is at my job. Well, with me, I, well, over, I would say the last month, I've only been working at two of my jobs. So um, as you guys know, I work in the emergency room, PRN. Um, and then my full-time job now is at outpatient infusion. Um, so with both jobs, we get patients, um, all of the patients who come in literally come directly from outside. When you come in from outpatient, when you come for an outpatient infusion appointment, you literally come from home. So it's not people who have already been, um, inpatient in the hospital. Um, but the major things I would say, and some of them are the same as Kaylin. So when it first started, um, we were told I actually got in trouble. So with outpatient infusion, I also do IV therapy. So it's kind of half and half in that department. If they need me in IV therapy, then basically all day I'm going around, I'm starting IVs, I'm doing dressing changes, I'm doing central line checks, all of that stuff. So um, the first, I will say the first week of March, you know, someone snitched on me. <laughs> so I'm out there with my mask on. I just had a surgical mask on and someone snitched on me. They called down to my manager and was like, IV therapy is walking around with um, <laughs> with a mask on. So of course, when I come back down, she's just like, you know, you got to take it off, blah, blah, blah. Um, so originally we were not allowed to wear masks, but literally like Kaylin said, every day when you come in, there's something new. There's literally nonstop emails about the coronavirus and what updates. So I would say right now, the hospitals are just winging it. They're, they're just going winging and, it. They don't even know what the as fuck it is comes. Going they're on. just like, okay, well, we're not going to do this. And then the next day, they change their mind and then they change it back. And, you know, a lot of people are just confused. It's very confusing because every day, like I said, I'm trying to keep up with emails from different hospitals. Everyone has different procedures on how they want to carry this. Um, but yeah, so now I would say we are able to wear everyone in the hospital um, who comes in contact with the patient has to wear a surgical mask. It's not even a, I don't think there's an option with it. It's a requirement. It's made mandatory for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, at my full-time job, they're not forced, they're not um, checking temperatures when we first come in. But when we do clock in, like we badge in, um, there's a question that asks, have you, have you had these symptoms? And then they list like 30 different symptoms. And if you have any of those symptoms, then you have to go to employee health. And I think you have to go home or something until they rule out and make sure you do not have the um, coronavirus. Um, I will say that at my hospital, one thing I do like is that they are treating um, COVID-19 patients as airborne and droplet. So literally, if you're a nurse who takes care of anyone who's a rule out patient or a patient who has been um, made positive with this um, disease or this disorder, um, you have to wear N95, you have to wear goggles, you have to wear the whole nine. Like you literally have to don mm-hmm. them. Um, I will also say that um, as you go in and out of the rooms, there's a cart on the side and they put a sheet of paper on the front of the, of the patient's room. And as you go in and out of different patient rooms, you have to write your name. That way, if say if it's a rule out patient, then they can get in contact with you and let you know, like, hey, this patient tested positive for coronavirus. 
um, and they just want to make sure that you're aware because at that point you've been exposed. Right. That's good. Yeah. That's so really I good. will say now, um, at so far I've already been exposed. <laughs> so <laughs> I've already been exposed. So and you've been feeling, you've been feeling fine. I've been fine. So I was exposed on March the 19th, I believe. Um, I came into close contact with someone who tested positive for coronavirus and I did not have on like any protective um, gear at all. Um, so basically what happened, my manager, she came down and let our entire department know because we pretty much all were exposed. Um, and they gave us a handout where we had to basically self-monitor our symptoms for 14 days. So at one point, the rules were for you to, you know, if you're exposed, you automatically have to self-quarantine for 14 days. No matter what your symptoms are, that was how it was in the beginning. You know, a week later, they changed it to, even if you're sick, <laughs> you still have to come Girl, in. Girl, you still got to come in to work. You just got to wear a mask. Um, and then after that, that they changed it. So now I don't know. Now when you badge and it says that if you have any of these symptoms, you need to go to employee house. So I don't know if they would send you home or not. Um, girl, but so. girl, who knows at this point? That's terrible. <laughs> but, but they so short with staff and stuff. They I think the major thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way um, of how you know things were handled was just that even after I was exposed they told me I still couldn't wear a mask until the next yeah that was that that to me kind of just put your hands up yeah and honestly not even just for me I'm just thinking about patients like when I work in outpatient infusion I work with a lot of patients who um come come after like chemo appointments radiation it's like extremely sick people who white blood count cells are extremely low um, people who just are immunocompromised like that's the type of population that I work with on the regular and it just rubbed me the wrong way that you're telling me that I can't wear a mask to honestly so to protect, protect them my patients. I, I'm not protecting them at all and I'm definitely not protecting myself but I'm happy I feel like altogether in my hospital they came to a realization that that wasn't the best idea and now mm-hmm. um, I think it's been a week or two now where we're required to wear a mask so like I said I'm I've been trying to be patient even though this process has been very frustrating um, because I understand that, you know, this is all new. There's not much research on this actual strain of COVID-19. Um, and I know hospitals, they're trying to get things together. I'm just happy that my hospital finally, it seems like they're on the right track. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I will say that this has definitely been frustrating just from the healthcare professional yeah, point of view. Definitely. And just to come on social media, and you know, talk, and people tell you that, oh, this is what you signed up for. And this is... Um, the oath that you took and no no the hell is not this is not the oath that I took I yeah. girl I had to go look up a Florence Nightingale oath to double check and make sure that I didn't curse myself or something because people were making it seem like we signed this damn declaration and oath where we were signing our life away and I'm like no that literally that oath has nothing to do with any of that the oath is more so for us not to do any harm and I felt like honestly I was doing harm to patients by not yeah. protecting myself means I'm not protecting the patient so yeah it's just a little frustrating when people who are not in the healthcare and who are not frontline workers and um, who have so much to say about, you know, yeah. if we can complain or not. Hell yes, I'm a complain every once in a while because although I did sign up to be a nurse and I have no problem with taking care of patients who are positive with COVID-19, I've already done it. I've tested people for it. Like, it does not bother me, but I need the proper protection. Like, I should not have to argue with people about why I need a mask to go into a room with a patient who's positive. You know what I mean? Like, it's 2020. um, This is America, and I just feel like I shouldn't have to deal with that. But again, like I said, there have been a lot of progresses um, that have been made, so I'm trying to stay positive, and I think I'm hoping that things get better um, for us workers. 
agree. Yeah. Um, I will say that in the emergency room, so a lot of people, um, I've been seeing this with like the conspiracy theories, and I'm not going to get into it with, <laughs> with people on the conspiracy <laughs> theories. But um, a lot of people are like, you know, they're saying that COVID-19 is a thing, but why are, you know, the census low? And I will say that at my hospital, um, both of the hospitals that I work at, the census has been low hospital-wide um, and in the emergency room as well. But the major thing is, is because the main main reason why the census is low is because, first of all, a lot of people have been abusing the emergency room now for years at this point, okay? And I won't even say abusing because some people truly do not have, like, um, they don't have healthcare. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, doctors. They don't have their own doctor to go to, so they use the emergency room as their doctor. There's a lot of people who just go to the emergency room for chronic problems that we can't truly help you with in the emergency room. People go to the emergency room for ST, like just for like random things, like things that truly are not emergent. Um, and now that you know the government has made it known national or well, worldwide that you honestly do not need to go to the emergency room unless you are truly having an emergency people are actually listening and a lot of people think that they're going to catch the coronavirus by coming to the hospital so the census <laughs> has been low i will say that we are getting more sick patients so the people who are truly sick are coming to the emergency room but it has um it has kind of weeded out the people who are, you know, oh, I just need a, I don't know. The things that I see, like, I don't want to say that one thing is not emergent on here, but I've yeah. been seeing so many things where people just come to the emergency room when they could have just waited the next day to mm-hmm. go for urgent care or, right. you know what I mean? Like, not mm-hmm. everything is emergent. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's also why the census is low. And then people, they're going into the hospitals and they're showing pictures of, like, the cafe and the main lobby. But my hospital no visitors are allowed in at all. There's a strict no visitor policy at all. Unless, like you said, um, if you're giving birth, they allow one person to be with mom and then for end of life care. So if someone is in critical care um, and basically they're about to die, they can get one, one visitor. But other than that, there's no visitors. There's nobody who can wait in the main lobby. They don't allow people to, um, to go to the cafe. Like literally it's so strict. The hallways look very clear. So when people are posting these videos of like, oh, they're saying that a crisis is going on and nothing. Honestly, I see every day I go into work, I see how many patients, like I'm able to see how many patients in the hospital have coronavirus. I'm able mm-hmm. to see how many people um, are rule outs. And I will say that it is very real. Um, now, how it started, we won't even get into that because <laughs> I have my own views that are not, you know, they're not what the government is actually telling a lot of people. But um, I will say that this is very real and that people are dying. And I think it's very insensitive for people to say that it's not real. No, if you think yeah. that it was, you know, if you think it was man-made and all of this other stuff, then that's a whole other discussion because I somewhat agree with people there. But to say that yeah. it's not real and that people are not dying and that people yeah. are not affected is very, yeah. just, I don't think people should say that. Yeah, I agree with that. But um, that's pretty much my experience, I would say. Um, all I can say, you guys, is pray for us. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get through now. Um, Caitlin, are they giving you guys like an expected time of like a surge? Because they're trying to say that there's going to be a surge in the next two weeks in Maryland mm-hmm. hospitals. No, they haven't said anything. And I think the major yeah. reason they're probably saying that in Maryland is because we're like the metropolitan area. So we're kind of, it's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. So we're kind of close. 
Mm-hmm. So they're thinking that I guess there's supposed to be a surge that comes in the next two weeks. I mean, of course, I would be ecstatic if that does not happen because it looks very stressful. And I've seen the different plans that my hospital have, like mm-hmm. um, in our emergency room, it can be converted into a negative pressure. And like they're going to put they plan on putting like a hundred different cots in the in the emergency room if necessary and just you know mm-hmm. kind of I don't know if you've seen like in the army like back in the day how it used to be just uh-huh. nothing but cots but something yeah. to that effect and they're they're just doing a lot of planning so it's good to, I feel like a lot of hospitals they're prepping for this potential surge mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't get to that point but yeah, um I hope not but I guess we'll just we'll see we'll, we'll keep you guys up to date <laughs> We will keep you guys up to date, but that's pretty much it. I would pretty say. much it. Yeah. So I hope this episode has helped you guys and get a better understanding and a better education on the different gloves and not different gloves, but the different masks and just how to wear your gloves, how to wear your mask and just protect you guys selves out there and, you know, stay safe. Yes, of course, if you have any feedback or um, any questions for us, you can feel free to get in contact with us um, on Instagram and um our twitter yes ma'am and we're really gonna try to be more active it's so hard yeah. i will say like hard. with just life in general and then yeah. you know with all of this coronavirus stuff it's it can be actually a little mentally draining like the other day i had to take a break i'm like look mm-hmm. <laughs> please Try don't nobody talk to me about this because i'm tired right. Right. <laughs> it really is draining but um we're really gonna try to work on being a little bit more consistent um just to give you guys good content okay thank you guys have a nice time so my personal Instagram handle is underscore T-Y-A-N-N-A-A-A. So that's two N's and three A's at the end. And, which and mine's is at I-T-S-S-K-A-Y-L-Y-N-N.